Welcome to a new sponsor, A.N. Weber Incorporated. Now in their 76th year, Weber has offices in Kankakee, Illinois, Nashville, Tennessee, El Paso, Texas, and Chandler, Arizona. Whether you're looking for company equipment to haul dry van or flatbed freight, or logistic services for all types of freight, or even a career in driving, maintenance, or sales, call Mark Tedford at 815-939-2235. You can apply online at anweber.com. Weber has immediate openings for drivers in all areas and mechanical technicians in Kankakee, Illinois, and El Paso, Texas. Weber is also looking for logistic agents across the country. Again, call Mark Tedford at 815-939-2235 or apply online at anweber.com. Greetings, folks, and welcome to the 40th edition of Weber's Whipping Post. I'm Weber, and I'm delighted you took the time to listen in. This episode is entitled, The Speaker of the House Fiasco. Today, I'm going to talk about the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, Kamala Harris, and the Second Amendment, the Schwarbs, Dean Phillips running for president, and other material before finishing with my latest opinion piece. This podcast is brought to you by Jeff and Brandon Chero at Core Street Ford, now in their 40th year service in the Kankakee County area. Stop by their showroom at 558 William Latham Drive in Bourbon A and check out that amazing GT in the showroom. You can save up to $6,000 on a selection of Ford 150 pickups. Core Street Ford is open from Monday through Saturday, offering new car and truck sales, pre-owned autos, and vehicle servicing. You can call them at 815-348-7024 or check out their website at www.corestreetford.com. Order the Ford of your dreams today. New Speaker of the House Mike Johnson didn't waste any time putting his foot down on giving other people's money away. He told Sean Hannity that the U.S. stands firmly behind Israel. He stated he supports giving Israel $14.5 billion dollars slightly more than asked for. However, there is a but with this gift, as it must be in exchange for something in the current budget being cut. He has said the aid will not be a matter of just printing the money. We cannot be dropping money out of helicopters with a $33.6 trillion debt, but also that we must show our regard for nations of free people around the world. But we have to take care of our own house first, said Johnson. Further, he said, During the Trump administration, we had the greatest economy in the history of the world. He added, it was not by happenstance, but through tax cuts, reigning in regulation, and expansion of energy production. We can achieve that again, but you have to do almost exactly the opposite of what the Biden administration is doing. We are trying to urge our Democratic colleagues to take a look at the basic facts. I have to say that I sure like what I hear as long as he keeps his word. The embarrassment that is our Vice President, Kamala Harris, shot her mouth off again when she shouldn't have at a State Department luncheon recently with Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese, somebody let her have the microphone to giggle and say dumb things. This time she praised Australia for taking away the guns of its citizens. 
Australians do not have a legal right to gun ownership, and they were confiscated in the 1990s. This ignorant statement was on the heels of the nut job that killed 18 people in Maine. So, on the day he killed those people, there were another 72 million gun owners who did not kill anybody. But our vice president wants to take away guns from those 72 million people because of one nut job. It's every government's wet dream to take away guns from the citizenry so they can do whatever the hell they want with our money. No, Kamala, the problem is not guns or gun owners. The problem is that our own government gutted the mental health institutions in the 70s and 80s, unleashing mentally unfit people on the rest of us. The nut job was in a menstrual institution recently, and they let him out. The blame for those mass shootings is the fault of our own damn government. When the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, my favorite player that year was Kyle Schwarber. I love the Schwarbs and his massive homers as he seemed to represent old-school ball. I was deeply disappointed when the Cubs let him go, but I have a lifetime of disappointment from the Cubs. Get in line, huh? The Schwarbs toils for the Philadelphia Phillies, who lost to the Diamondbacks in the National League Championship Series. In Game 5 of that playoffs, Schwarbs made postseason history unusual for anyone that ever donned Cubby Blue. In the sixth inning, he crushed a 461-foot homer that landed him in the record books with the most homers, 11, in the NLCS history. He also now has 20 homers in the postseason in total, tops for lefties, and only the fifth player to reach 20. And he did it the quickest. I don't care for the Phillies, perennial cub killers, but I always root for Kyle Schwarber. Minnesota Democrat Representative Dean Phillips has seen enough of the Biden circus. Claiming the Democrat Party is facing an emergency next November, he has decided to toss his hat in the ring to challenge Biden. Claiming it's time for his party to pass the torch because he fears four years from now might be too late, he's telling anyone within earshot he's running. You know, Dad used to call me a suspicious bastard, but I have to wonder if Phillips really thinks he has a shot or did the Democrat Party put him up to it as a warning shot to Biden? What happened to Newsom? When politicians' mouths move, I start to doubt their true motives. It would be nice to see Phillips drag Biden to an actual debate and make Joe leave his notes behind. Good luck, Congressman Phillips. Whether running against Biden or Trump, you'll need it. Get this. Michigan State University had a trivia game playing on their video board for the crowd before the football game with rival University of Michigan recently. Evidently, one of the questions was about where Adolf Hitler was born, so a picture of Hitler was displayed on the board. The university uses a third-party service to arrange the contest on the video board and was most likely not aware what the questions would be. For whatever reason, the university felt compelled to apologize for showing a picture of Hitler. In a statement, MSU Athletic Director Matt Larson said, MSU is aware that inappropriate content by a third-party source was displayed on the video board prior to the start of tonight's football game. We are deeply sorry for the content that was displayed, and this is not representative of our institutional values. What the hell was inappropriate? Are we to pretend Hitler didn't exist, just as we are to pretend a man can identify as a woman? Now, 
Is it improper to ask a trivia question or show a picture of someone from history? Just like the moronic city of Richmond, Virginia, that melted down a bronze statue of Robert E. Lee, were to pretend he didn't exist or that he was one of the greatest military minds in American history? And yet, right now, the news is plastered with live bombings going on in the Middle East and wall-to-wall coverage of the moron in Maine who shot those people. Hey, Larson, are your Snowflake students so tender that they can't learn about history? Your apology, or the fact someone made you give one, is absurd and is promoting the dumbing down of this country. Congratulations, Joe. Your border policy set a record in September for letting 269,730 new illegal Democrats in the country. That makes 2.47 million in 2023. Historians in the future will look back on this time in bewilderment how we allowed Democrats to ruin the greatest country in the history of Earth. Hey, the new Rolling Stones album, the first new material in 18 years, is out for sale now. I've already bought mine. Named Hackney Diamonds, it is their 26th album and is magnificent. In fact, I have a hard time believing men in their 80s can still put out music like that, but here we are. This band has been in business for over 60 years, the third most in history for a rock and roll outfit. Side note with a trivia question. What band has been together the longest in rock and roll history? Answer will be at the end. Anyway, the Stones album includes three drum tracks from the late drummer Charlie Watts, bass riffs by former Stone Bill Wyman, who is 86 years old, more bass from former Beatle Paul McCartney, some keyboards by Stevie Wonder and Elton John, and a very good backup singing by Lady Gaga. The best song on the album, in my opinion, is the last song, Sweet Sounds of Heaven. Called a gospel powerhouse by one critic, it features Lady Gaga backing, or at one point pushing, Jagger's vocals. When it appears, the song ends, Charlie Watts drumming replacement Steve Jordan keeps going, and it is at this point it seems Lady Gaga challenges Jagger to go higher and the band kicks back in. There is a little riff after the song with Richards and Jagger playing the classic Rolling Stone Blues. A couple more presidential hopefuls have dropped out of the race for president. First, Larry Elder dropped out last week, although quite frankly, Larry didn't stand a snowball's chance in hell of getting the nomination, and I couldn't figure out why he got in the race in the first place. Then on Saturday, Mike Pence seen the handwriting in the wall and dropped out, saying, now is not my time. I really don't think Pence is a bad guy and maybe morally superior to any of the other candidates running, but I sure wouldn't care for his style in the White House given everything else that is going on in the world. Foreign dignitaries, an oxymoron, would run roughshod over him. He could have been more vocal about whether to reject the 2020 election results rather than just giving up so easily. Now it's time for everyone not named Trump, DeSantis, or Haley to drop out so we can see how this is going to ultimately shake out. We don't need a bunch of competing voices talking over each other in the debates, and maybe Trump will show up to one. Talk about strange bedfellows, the ultra-liberal ACLU is backing Trump in his fight against the Washington, D.C. gag order. It is actually going to file an amicus brief arguing the gag order slapped on Trump is unconstitutional. 
They state Trump has a First Amendment right to speak, a fact I have brought up repeatedly in prior podcasts. This is the gag order issued by Obama appointee U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin. Chutkin has issued a stay pending Trump's appeal. I had given up on the ACLU years ago due to their being on the left side of every issue that came their way. For the longest time, it has appeared that they were nothing more than the legal arm for the NAACP. But perhaps them getting in on the Trump case shows a little integrity after all. This episode comes to you from the George Ryan Jr. Insurance Group. Everybody needs insurance, so why not buy from the great folks at George Ryan Jr. Insurance who supports programs like mine? You can depend on the George Ryan Jr. Insurance Company. So please, go ahead and give George a call at 815-936-0075. That's 815-936-0075. Or look them up on their website and save on insurance at grinsure.com. Last Friday, October 27th, passed without much fanfare, but it was perhaps one of the greatest Americans' birthday. I'm speaking of Teddy Roosevelt, who was born in 1858 in New York. He's the Roosevelt on Mount Rushmore, not his socialist cousin, Franklin, who was among our worst presidents. Teddy was the youngest president ever, taking the office at the age of 42. He was the vice president when William McKinley won office in 1900. On September the 14th, 1901, McKinley was assassinated, elevating Roosevelt to president. Formerly an assistant secretary of the Navy, he was second in command under Colonel Leonard Wood of what became known as the legendary Rough Riders that famously fought in the Spanish-American War and made the charge up San Juan Hill. Afterwards, he became New York City's top cop from 1895 to 1897 and then governor of New York in 1899 and 1900 before accepting the vice presidential nod. He served two terms as president before losing on a third try to the racist socialist Woodrow Wilson. Astonishingly, his first wife, Alice, and his mother died the same day in 1884. It is said it was this event that sent him on a path to reshape him and ultimately the nation. After their deaths, he spent the next two years being a cowboy on his ranch in the badlands of South Dakota Territory, even capturing an outlaw. While running for his third term, he was giving a speech when he was shot in the chest in 1912. The bullet was slowed by contents in his pocket, but caused enough damage for him to bleed all over his shirt. He finished his 84-minute speech before going to the hospital. For all his service to the city of New York, the state of New York, and to the country where there was a statue of him on horseback in the western part of Central Park in New York. The statue was removed earlier this year by the snowflakes at the American Museum of Natural History in Manhattan as the left continues to try and erase this country's history. Happy birthday, Mr. Roosevelt. Did you see where Governor Toilets Pritzker is proposing another state agency for Illinois, courtesy of the schmuck, I mean the taxpayers of Illinois? He is proposing creating the Early Childhood Agency, focusing on early childhood block grants, funding preschool for all, the Prevention Initiative Home Visiting Program, and the Child Care Assistance Program, Home Visiting and Early Intervention Services. It's quite a mouthful. And while he is at creating this new bureaucracy, 
he's going to fork over an additional $250 million for the Smart Start program, said the man who used his $3.5 billion inheritance to buy the Illinois governorship. We need a governance system that is unified in its approach to serving families, working with providers, and promoting equity. Pritzker also said, our Smart Start Illinois plan served as a catalyst for this transition, but this new agency will cover so much more. Said the man who once took the toilets out of the mansion he bought next door to his mansion in order to lower the taxes on his purchase, the creation of the new agency is another reason Illinois is one of the best places to raise a family. Then why are so many families leaving, J.B.? I don't know. Perhaps this might be a good program, folks. My question is what program or bureaucracy is he going to cut to pay for it? I know nothing, but if you had a spine, you would see to it that for any new program or bureaucracy started, another of equal value is deleted so as not to put any more tax burden on the citizens of Illinois. UJB proved you don't like paying taxes either. Hey folks, the Rayoli statue is up outside of the South Tech facility in South Kankakee, Illinois, and it's spectacular. You can't see it yet, as Romp Director Jojo Sason has it covered in anticipation of the grand opening on Veterans Day, November the 11th. For those of you in the Kankakee area, keep an eye out for all the grand activities planned. It will not be one to be forgotten, I guarantee it. Over 20 years in the making, JoJo is pulling out all the stops to make this a memorable event. Folks, you might have to talk me down off the ledge soon. The Packers lost again this past Sunday to go two wins and five losses for the year. I'm miserable. I've been a Green Bay Packer fanatic since 1968. It might be said I bleed green and gold. It's been a long dry spell between 1968 and 1992. When Brett Favre came to the Packers, followed by Aaron Rodgers, two Hall of Famers in a row, the ship was finally righted. The two quarterbacks combined for a record of 307 wins, 168 losses, and one tie. Oh, and two Super Bowl wins, too. 48 of those victories were against the Chicago Bears, as opposed to only 15 losses. With Favre and Rodgers at the helm, you always felt you had a chance to beat anyone on any day. This year's Packers have to be one of the five worst teams in the league. They are horrible. And I'm not used to this, folks. They start their games with their heads in the proverbial backsides and then try to catch up the second half. Pro Bowl players getting paid too much money are not performing. Their coaching sucks and players are coming up with injuries left and right, all too familiar when a team is struggling. I now know what it feels like to be a Bears fan. Oh, the inhumanity. Hey, congratulations to our grandson, Gino, for being part of the Super Bowl-winning Bradley Lions football lightweight division. Playing defensive end and tight end last Saturday in Sandwich, Illinois, Gino had an outstanding game making several tackles for a losses and recovering one fumble. The Lions beat a tough bunch of kids from Chinooka, the Braves, 7 and nothing in overtime. 
a defensive battle with very little offense, the game ended in a 0-0 tie before the Lions scored from the 10-yard line on their second attempt in overtime. This broadcast is brought to you by the Hoffman Chiropractic Neurology celebrating 30 years of practice. Dr. Hoffman specializes in general musculoskeletal conditions, neurology, sports injuries, acupuncture, electrodiagnostics, and comprehensive wellness management. Dr. Hoffman provides exceptional care for patients of all ages, from infants to elderly, from expectant moms to athletes. Dr. Hoffman's goal is to provide all patients a tailored treatment plan based on an extensive history, a thorough exam, and x-rays. Contact Hoffman Chiropractic Neurology for more information or to schedule. That number is 815-937-0446. And now for my latest commentary. The Speaker of the House fiasco before the selection of Mike Johnson. The Republican Party has failed miserably when it comes to naming a Speaker of the House. As of Tuesday, the country had been 20 days without a Speaker. This has become embarrassing and shows just how fractioned the GOP is and a time when the world seems to be on fire. Nancy Pelosi had two stints as Speaker of the House, ruling with an iron fist that she liked to shake at people she looked down upon. Then the Republicans somehow managed to barely win the House of Representatives and had the great honor to elect from their ranks a person who would be third in line for the resolute desk behind the president and vice president. They bungled this opportunity at every step as well. It took Republicans 15 votes, the longest in 164 years, to elect Kevin McCarthy as Speaker. I was not a McCarthy supporter and wrote about it, but in his short time as Speaker, 269 days to be exact, he didn't really do that badly. He was no Newt Gingrich, but I was settling into him being Speaker. And being third in line to the presidency was better than the two buffoons ahead of him. But then the Republicans splintered yet again, taking the gavel away from McCarthy. He had the shortest tenure in the big seat in 140 years. I'm sure McCarthy was embarrassed and disappointed, but not as much as the Republicans should have been. They just can't get the hang of this speakership thing. After McCarthy was sent packing, they trotted out Steve Scalise, seemingly a decent man, to no avail. Next to become cannon fodder was Jim Jordan, who would probably have been made a good speaker. But that didn't happen again as the GOP can't seem to find anyone they like. If they can't trust one another, how are we supposed to trust them? So then we had nine guys wanting to be speaker. Perhaps they had picked their guy by the time you read this, but I'm doubting it. They've reached the bottom of the barrel in their political gamesmanship. The budget mess, which they kicked that can down the road a few weeks ago, is looming. It will soon be time for more threats to shut down the damn government. By Tuesday morning, all but two of the nine had dropped out of the race after secret ballots behind closed doors. The reason they dropped? They knew they couldn't get the votes either. Two candidates emerged. Tom Emmer, an anti-Trumper, currently the House Majority Whip and former governor of Minnesota, seemed to have the inside track. Immer had a goal of delivering historic change. Didn't Obama promise that and look how that worked out for us? I was not impressed with Mr. Immer. Mike Johnson from Louisiana, who eventually he won it, 
was currently the deputy whip for the House and was previously chairman of the Republican Study Committee, whatever the hell that is. He's a lawyer and a former radio talk show host. He seems to be well-liked in Congress. Surprisingly, he finished second in the secret vote on Tuesday behind Emmer. How in the world did seven other candidates all decide to drop out in the space of a couple of hours, and how did they arrive at possibly the worst candidate of the bunch with Emmer? I feared they might elect Emmer, and then if Trump gets elected, there would be more fighting and gamesmanship on our dime. By the time you heard this, I wouldn't be surprised if they're not off on another tangent with somebody else. Then about 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time Tuesday, Tom Emmer was named the designated candidate for speaker. He had beat Johnson by 20 votes. Two hours later, Emmer dropped out. The GOP went from nine candidates to zero in a few hours. After that time, five more guys jumped back into the race and a new one emerged. I changed this commentary four times since starting it. It was pathetic. The best guy for the job, in my opinion, is Lee Zeldin from New York. He's young, 43, a lieutenant colonel in the reserves, and a Trump backer. Best of all, he's no longer a member of the House, so possibly wouldn't be beholden to silly partisanships and games. You don't have to be a congressperson to be speaker. Mike Huckabee or Ron DeSantis would also be great options as well. It's time they put their petty politics aside and think of what's best for the damn country. That's what we pay them for. Maybe the void wasn't so bad for the country after all, as they couldn't spend any of our money. Back to the trivia question. The longest-running rock and roll outfit in history is the Dutch band Golden Earring. They were the hits Radar Love and Twilight Zone. That's all I got for you, folks. If you like this podcast, please tell others. If you'd like to advertise on this podcast, please let me know. I could always use more sponsors. Check out my blog at www.weberswhippingpost.com. And I'll leave you with this little nugget. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Thanks a million for listening. Bye now. Bye now.